Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Worship you, O God. You are worthy. You are worthy of our praise. Just join with me, would you? Praise him today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You can let a new song come up in your heart and praise him also. We worship you, oh, we honor you, we lift our hearts, we lift our praise, we glorify your name, you are the King of kings. And we magnify your holy name. Just join with me as we intercede for our service today. We want people to be born again, healed in their bodies, touched by God, as we pray and give you glory today. Hallelujah, Lord. Oh, bless you, Lord. Bless your holy name. Oh, we honor you, Lord. We honor you. We honor you, Lord God. Oh, Holy Spirit, fill this place with the glory of Almighty God. Bless your holy name, Father. Bless your holy name. Oh, we honor you, Lord God. Hallelujah, Lord. We receive that in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Lord God. Hallelujah. Now, Father God, help us to stay sensitive to you all morning, to be ready to follow and chase after you with all of our heart and all of our desire. 
We give you praise. We give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Take a moment, greet somebody around you you've not already welcomed today with a handshake or a hug, and then you may be seated. Pastor Jimmy. Can you get your wife? Well, we're so glad you're here today and to worship with us. I want to take a few moments as we get started with everything. Uh, Pastor Jeff, would you come on down, please? Coming up this Saturday is your birthday. Yes, and you'll be an old cooter just like me. My wife and I went out the other night to uh, watch a movie. And uh, as we were going through, didn't pay any attention. And, you know, this has happened to me before. And as I go ahead and pay, uh, we went out to go see Finding Dory. And so we were out there, and we got in line to get popcorn and stuff. And uh, Tanya started to break out laughing at that moment. And she showed me the ticket. And on the ticket, it said, Senior Discount. (laughs) You know, and it was this... It was this young chicky baby who was working behind the counter. And I thought, what's she going to do? Look at us and say, are you old? (laughs) So if they want to give that out ahead of time, I'm happy. I'll receive the discount. My goodness. I will tell you, though, every time that we get those ARP cards in the mail, I put it right in the shredder. And don't lecture me on the way out. You could get a free cup of coffee. I don't drink coffee. So anyway, oh, and Pastor Sandy, come on down here. So Pastor Jeff's birthday is coming up this past Saturday. was Pastor Sandy's birthday. Doesn't she look like a children's pastor right there? Man alive, what a blessing you are to all of us. Let's give them both a nice round of applause, if you would. Appreciate everything you guys do all the time. Uh, We're going to pray a blessing over them, and we're going to also include, uh, Pastor Jeff works out at the nuclear plant. Uh, That's why if we ever turn the lights off for different things, there'll be a little green glow over around him there. But uh, we we need that nuclear plant to stay. That's 900 jobs and all the stuff that goes on that's trying to see it closed. We need it to stay open. 
So will you join me? Just extend your hand as we pray over both of these two. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for Pastor Sandy, the work she puts in, the diligence in her heart to be able to minister to our kids, and for all the teaching staff that works with her. We're so grateful for everything that goes on. Now bless her abundantly in all of her life and her body in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we do pray over Pastor Jeff. We thank you for all that he does to assist and help and to carry out the plans of God here. We thank you now for these jobs at the nuclear plant. We intercede for them. Let the political playground and rhetoric that goes on be moved aside. Let these jobs be saved and let there be a move of your spirit to see even more good jobs, paying jobs coming into our community for abundance to flow supernaturally. We thank you, Lord, for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Give another round of applause if you would. Thank you. Praise the Lord. The Raths went on vacation right as we were leaving town, getting back from ours, and I had sent him a text, and in the text I said, please go to the doctor and get a checkup to make sure your appendix is okay before you go. So good to see all the fishing pictures and all the rest that was up, and your appendix is still with you. So hallelujah. Uh, Let's pull up our missionary picture, if you would, back there, Xander. This young lady, Anna Marie Mazon, is over in Bluefield, Germany. And right now what she's doing is outreach ministry on the streets there in Germany, reaching out specifically to uh, people who are alcoholics and drug addicts. Uh, She has helped work within a coffee house there to try to help minister to all these that are on the streets and those that are coming in that are young people in that particular town of uh, Bielefeld. And it is one of these outreaches. She works also with the youth in one of the local churches. But we want to be able to see God use her in such a way that lives will be changed. She's got a, people, a group of people organized. They take sandwiches and coffee and things out onto the street to give to those people that are living on the street and uh, just sharing the gospel with them every time. You know, if somebody's hooked on alcohol or drugs, they can't get free until they want to get free. And sometimes habits and things like this, they just get so addictive, they can make people feel paralyzed and not know how to get set free. So thank God that she's there doing this work, and let's intercede for her. Will you join me? Heavenly Father, we thank you for Anna Marie. We thank you for the power of God moving in that area of Germany. We thank you that you provide for her, that you minister to her, bless her, make sure that all of her needs are met, and now supply all that she needs to be able to do outreach and to change lives within that nation. We thank you for her answering the call, and we believe for God to move. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Pastor Rachel, why don't you come on up here? You know, second Sunday of the month, we try to go ahead and share a little bit about vision and outreach of what we're doing as a church, and uh, I know she's got to go in and work with the kids' choirs. So I talked to her, and I've talked to several of the rest of you that have come to me and said, um, we, we work in an office, we're pretty stationary, we don't have time to do any kind of exercise, and yet we know we need to do some things. And so uh, why don't you share some of the stuff you've been looking into and found out here? Well, we're looking at maybe starting an exercise class on Thursday evenings that we would add, offer up throughout the church for you guys. Um, it'd be not anything high intensity at all. It'd be mostly sitting in your chair, being able to do different workouts that we can plan together. And we'd probably start with just a half hour, just so that if you're not moving a lot and you want to start moving, or maybe you sit all day, like Pastor Scott said, at a desk, and you just, you know, you can't get to a gym, because sometimes they're very expensive. 
Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's stuff, if you go up on her Facebook page that she did some research, there's things you can do even while you're sitting down to get started. Just from very simple movement that if you're sitting at a computer all day long, you, you don't have much chance to be able to do things like that. So I promise you nobody's going to be showing up in skinny spandex. It won't be there, and, and no, you know, sweatbands that look fashionable. You don't have to spend $800 to try to lose a pound, all right? This is just mainly just helping you get started, and it, it's one of these things long-term that you can learn some of this and be able to use it as you move forward. So you don't have to be obese. You don't have to be anything size-wise. If you're just wanting to learn some techniques to help you get moving, that's what this is all about. Several of you have asked me, and, and so that's why we looked into it. And uh, yeah, Sherry. Men and women, correct. So it'll be something that, uh, you, you know, you're not going to work up a great big old sweat or anything else like that, but uh, you will be able to come and have some good fellowship and learn some new techniques. All right, so let's continue on here talking about some of our local and foreign outreaches that we do. Uh, coming up in July on the 25th, which is a Monday, we are going to be loading a truck to send up to Montana to the Indian Reservation up there with the Crow Indians. Uh, we have been in touch with the pastor. We've got a local pastor up there. Uh, he is doing outreach. His full name, he would be Pastor Kenny, and his last name is Pretty on Top. That's his Indian name. And uh, believe me, I've looked at him. I, I don't know where the pretty part came in. But uh, I thought, well, maybe that's a faith statement. I don't know. <laughs> you know I was trying to think uh, uh, of some Indian name. If you remember years ago when Willie George had his children's outreach, he had an Indian that was in it, and he was Chief Nawanasin. So uh, anyway, that's going to be coming up. Now, even if you can't help move some of the bags and help get them in the truck, here's what I'd like you to think about. If, if you can bake cookies, if you'd like to bring cold watermelon down, if you'd like to bring a cooler full of cold water, this type of deal. If you want to be there that night to have some fellowship with, it, with us, we're going to need that. So think about that even if you're not able to help move bags and to help fill this truck up with all these winter clothes and supplies. We want to get it up there to them before all the weather changes because they are up in the mountains. And uh, you can invite as many friends as you'd like to. We really have had such good success doing this in the past. And uh, if, if, like I said, if you want to go and cool down a watermelon and bring it, I promise there won't be any left over. So think about ways you can minister to everybody as they're working on that. Some of the other things we're doing as a church, uh, this past year we started up what we call our Young Lion and Lioness Club. This is for boys and girls that are 9 and 10, and also our God's Generals group that are from 11 to 18. And the whole idea of this, it's not to replace a youth group or anything else that's going on there, it's to train leaders. Kids that feel some kind of a desire to want to serve and to help, our goal is to get them in, teach them some leadership skills and ideas of how to serve, and better prepare them so that if God is calling them in the future for full-time ministry, we want to be there to help prepare them and get them ready for that. They meet once a month. Uh, we've had a month off for the summer. We're getting ready to get things rolled up again here for the fall, and so be praying about that. That was one of the things last year God spoke to us that we need to do our part to prepare people to answer the call of God. 
The other thing we're doing is preparing for the fall of 2017 that we will go ahead and put together. We're writing curriculum and gathering curriculum from different places to put together our Bible Institute again and to be able to make a two-year program so that if there are people that want to go into full-time ministry, they can prepare right here at home. Or if others would like to just be able to take classes to expand their Bible knowledge, we want to make those things available too. So having our resource center come online and be ready is something that is all part of that so that we've got books and research areas that people can use. And by the way, if you've never been in there, it's right down the youth hallway, first door to the left. Uh, go down there, check out some movies, check out books. We've got areas that you can take them and learn and study. So that is all moving ahead. The other part is in 2018, we're going to plan a missions trip over to the country of Malawi. Pastor Mastin and others we've worked with in the past are over there. We're going to put together, it'll be a two-week trip that will be coming up. So I know many of you that have already talked to me interested in going to Malawi, you've started saving your money, and that's a good thing. You, you need to figure that that trip's probably going to cost a little over $3,000. So think about that if you want to begin to save. All you have to do is start putting something back for it. And uh, if you've never gone to a foreign country and served like that, it's a wonderful experience. And you know we've had many people go to lots of different places and do. And so that trip will be coming up. The other thing is we're looking with Billy Brim's ministry that in the year 2020 to make a trip over to Israel. So that is something. The weird part is that will actually cost less than what you would pay to go to Malawi. So that's something if you want to begin to think about and to save. And our goal is, starting with 2018, every three years we'll be doing a missions trip to a foreign country. So something to pray about and think about how you could go and help serve. Uh, coming up this fall, we'll begin our fall outreach in the month of October. We'll have special meetings and things going on, and we'll culminate everything on Halloween on the 31st with uh, what we did last year for our new outreach of Light the Night, of putting places out in the community so that when the trick-or-treaters are all going through neighborhoods, we can give tracts, we can give information, share the gospel as they're playing carnival games and doing things. And we had great success in several of the locations, and we're looking to do that again and uh, the children's ministry will be heading that part up. And what a good way to just share the good news of Jesus. Amen. So lots of good things coming up. Uh, I didn't mention about our Olympics. We'll do that at the end of the service. But uh, that's part of our vision, to find ways to reach out here at home and on the foreign field. So let's go ahead and pray together. Will you join me? Lord God, you have blessed us in so many ways. You have healed us, you've raised us up, you've saved us, you've forgiven us, you've empowered us with your Holy Spirit. And now, Lord, we don't ever want to do anything just on our own will, but we want the will of God working in all of our lives and in our church. So together we stand, we believe for the anointing of God to flow and for the direction and the provision to make it all happen. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, Amen. Go ahead and open up your Bible, if you would, this morning to the book of Luke, chapter 11. Wednesdays, we're going to continue with our series we're doing on divine healing and God's plan. It's God's will to make you well and to touch you and to raise you up. If you're under any kind of an attack against your bodies, God is the source. And in Luke chapter 11, we're going to begin today over at verse 9 through verse 13. 
Jesus is talking here, and in Luke chapter 11, starting at verse 9, it says, So I say to you, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And he who find, or he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? So it says here, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you'll find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. Uh, Most of you as believers, you've all heard this scripture. You've read it in different gospels that are there. It's pretty familiar to us. But sometimes we forget about the power of prayer. Sometimes we forget that we need to use prayer as part of our ammunition, part of our armor that God gives to us. Sometimes when people, as we've talked the last couple weeks here, they think about prayer, and if they didn't see an immediate result, they don't know if it works. But prayer is you talking to God. It's you speaking out in faith what you're trusting the Lord for. And how even the prophets in the Old Testament, even though there may not be anybody around them, God gives them a word and they speak it out. Now, is it important? You know, sometimes people have said this story. If a tree falls in the woods, does anyone hear it fall? Well, I don't know about that, but it still fell. doesn't matter whether anybody heard it or not. It still fell. But the biblical principle is that when you speak out in faith, every angelic, every demonic being that is out in the universe hears you speak the word of God. Hallelujah. We may not see them in the natural. Our natural eyes may not be able to pick up on them. Sometimes you will have a supernatural visitation from the Lord, and you will see angelic beings. Oh, man, if that happens to you, hallelujah. Get ready for it. Because we serve a supernatural God. Amen? Well, I've never seen angels yet, Pastor. You know, the ones I look are always prissy. I have to tell you something. God's angels are warriors. They are not prissy. They don't sit on the clouds with feminine little characteristics. These are part of the army of God. Now, I know you probably have some little angel figurines at home, and you probably have them, and they are just really sweet and beautiful. I'm not telling you to go home and bust them up, all right? You don't need to go home with a black marker and try to make them look like gangsters. I'm just telling you that God has an army at his disposal. And the good news is when you get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, you're a part of that army. Hallelujah. Now, that doesn't mean you all have to walk around like tough guys either. Yo, man, I'm here from God. You got to be able to be who you are. And this word says, ask, and it'll be given to you. Well, Pastor, I've been asking, but I haven't received. You need to receive it by faith. Faith says that it is mine even before I see it materialize. Years ago, when Catherine Kuhlman used to do tent revival meetings across this country, she would set up teams of people in towns ahead of time so that when she left town, they would be there to encourage people. 
Now, when Catherine would pray over people, many times there wouldn't be enough room up front for everyone who came up for prayer. And she usually wore outfits, her, her gowns that she wore. She loved to look good. You know what? I, I like people to look good. Please don't think that if you don't look good, you're not going to be used by God. But I have to tell you something. Sometimes we have so let our casualness come about that we forget it's okay to look nice. You don't have to look like you slept in your clothes. Now, if you did because that's all you had, hallelujah. We do have a little can of Lysol in the back if anybody needs it for some (laughs) freshener to be there. But Catherine wore these things, and her sleeves usually on her gowns were pretty flowing. And so some of the pictures I've saw on people, because I never sat under her ministry, but people I've talked to that heard her talked about at times when the altars would be full and, and it just she was praying over everyone she possibly could, there'd be such a move of God. And see, Maria Woodward Edder was one of those women, too, that God used this way. And there would be such a move of God, she would take her hand and say, Lord, meet every need. And as she would move like that all across auditoriums and tent meetings and places she would be, people would just be slain in the Holy Spirit. Now, if you've never heard that term, slain in the Spirit, it's biblical. It happened throughout the New Testament, many different places. And in fact, it happened when Jesus was in the Garden of Eden, not the Garden of Eden. (laughs) When Jesus was in the Garden with his disciples and was betrayed by Judas, that the soldier came up and said, we're looking for Jesus. And he looked at them and he said, I am he. And the moment he said, I am he, is just like when God said to Moses, you tell them, I am has sent you. And as soon as he said that, the word tells us that everybody, all the soldiers were, boom, knocked out on the ground. Now, they were coming to arrest him, and he said, I am he. Everybody's down. Can you imagine being a soldier thinking, he just said a few words and knocked us out, and we're going to take him prisoner? Something supernatural was going. And that's who we serve as a supernatural God. Amen? Never, never, never let someone try to tell you we don't have a supernatural God. Never let someone try to belittle or say we don't see miracle signs and wonders today because the living word of God is still active upon the earth and it is flowing and moving through people who will walk by faith and not by sight, who will stand up and say, I'm believing for something supernatural to take place. Asking, seeking, knocking. It's important that we go before God with our hearts open and ready to believe. Uh, Look back down at verse 13 with me, if you would, please. It goes on, and Jesus is talking here, and he says, If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Now, isn't it interesting? He's saying here, you being evil. He was referring to, in the Greek, it speaks of being just natural people. Every parent wants to bless their kids. Every parent has in the back of their mind, I want to make my kids' lives better than the life that I had. Every parent wants to find some way to help their kids. Now, I'm sure you know people as I do that unfortunately they don't have good relationships with their kids and they seem like they're always fighting with each other. I'm not talking about that. There's some things that can be done to heal those relationships also. But I'm telling you that in a healthy relationship, parents want to watch out for their kids. When they first start to drive, you know, and they're out there, moms and dads are praying in the Holy Ghost. 
They're just praying, Lord, you know, get me through this. Thank you for seatbelts, all those kind of things. Back when we were first starting to learn how to drive, nobody wore seatbelts. They were put in cars, and, and they were just lap belts that were there. But, you know, the car seat my mom had for me as a baby, I, I've seen pictures of it in different things. And it was this little metal seat that had a little cushion on it and had two hooks, you know, that went over. I, I sat between the front seat between my mom and dad. And there wasn't anything to even tie me in. If we were stopping, my mom was the seatbelt. She would do this. And we lived. Now today we've got laws on the books that say that your children have to sit in their booster seat until they're freshmen in high school. Okay, strap Junior in back there. Mom. Yeah, we've come a long way, haven't we? Whoop-de-doo. And so we've got all these crazy standards that are out there. And, and I remember when I started driving and my mom and my dad would take terms as far as being there. I had to put in so many hours. I think it was like 10 or 20 hours back then. Now kids have to do 50. Wow. Anyway, my mom always sat in the seat like this with her hand on the dash. <laughs> Didn't matter if I went around the curb, you know, five miles an hour. She sat like this. When I questioned my grandfather about it, he said, it's because I didn't spank her enough. <laughs> Too round of a bottom. My mother told a different story. She got spanked plenty at that point. The fact is, sometimes, as parents, we don't really realize how much we love our kids. We say we love them. We care about them. But there is a deep root that goes down inside you as a parent to want to take care of your family. What a God gift that he gives to us. And so then when we read this, we see God saying, you as natural people, you love your kids. How much more do you think I love you? How interesting this morning, you know, when that message in tongues and the interpretation came, how that wonderfully ties into how much God loves us. He really does love you. That doesn't make him a magic genie that pops up to try to make everything perfect all the time. But what does he give to us? It, it's so powerful here. He, they don't list any big long list of stuff God gives. It says that the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is part of the key to everything that you and I need to have while we live here on this earth. Thank God for that infilling. Thank God for that dwelling of the Holy Spirit. He is in you. He doesn't leave you. He doesn't get embarrassed about you. He loves you because he's part of God's plan, part of the Trinity, God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, the three in one. And these characteristics, how God manifests in our life, are there because he wants to empower us. He wants to give good things into your life. Now, that, that doesn't mean you need to be a spoiled brat. See, sometimes people have got off with the prosperity message or things, and they act like if they don't have every little toy that's out there, then they're not truly believing for God's provision. But God's provision is more than having all the toys. God's provision is an attitude inside you that says, He is enough. Uh, I've been with people that have lots of stuff. I've been with people that they're never satisfied. They get something new, and they, they never are satisfied. Well, i got to wait till the next thing comes out. 
you know, and, and I love modernizing. I love different gadgets and electronic things. I love when you can afford to get an upgrade on something and, you know, wow, now the phone can actually make toast and butter it too. <laughs> I, I like all those things. I've got friends that every time some new edition comes out, they've got the newest edition. They've got the newest fancy thing. And yet when you talk to them, well, it's okay, but I know next time, six months from now, it'll be even better. I don't want to live with the idea that I have to wait for something to get better. I want to learn how to say what I've got. Oh, this is wonderful. Hallelujah. I am so blessed. Some of you may never own a computer or a tablet or a smartphone. Some of you have notepad inside your Bible and you write things down. Some of you still have a rotary phone at home. Now, if you do, hear me out. That doesn't mean you're not provided for. The truth is, if you want to think about it, with all our modern conveniences, sometimes have you ever had a call dropped while you're talking to them? Do you know those old phones that weighed 20 pounds that had to sit, that you only had a cord that was at the most nine foot long, and that's if you stretched it? You remember sitting someplace talking and twirling the cord while you're talking? <laughs> Kids will never have that joy today. They're all wireless. But you know what? You could hear everything on those phones. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me now? That was never a part of the conversation back then because... That was Ma Bell. God rest her. She's not that way anymore, is she? Now, that doesn't mean I don't like all the modern things. I do. I like the convenience. I love all those things. But see, as parents, if we raise our children to have an attitude that they're never satisfied, then we're raising them improperly. But, Pastor, you want us to always believe and believe for God and trust God. I do. But you need to learn in every stage of your life to be complete. You need to know that if the car you have right now may not be in the best shape, but it's paid for and you don't have a payment, that you learn to say, Hallelujah, my God is my source. Now, if you can afford a payment, go out and get you a good car. Praise the Lord. There's nothing wrong with that either. My God is my source. But see, we've got to get an attitude that is different than the world to see that we have a God who is our provider. So what's he do? God gives us the Holy Spirit. Because why? There's a scripture that says he will teach you all things. You know, he'll teach you when you're reading your Bible at home by yourself. He'll teach you while you're listening to the preaching of the word. He'll teach you while you're listening on the radio. He'll teach you through a song. He will teach you by friends that come up to you and, and say, you know, I was praying for you the other day, and God laid this on my heart. It will touch you. It will bless you. It will equip you. The Spirit teaches us in many different ways. We learn lots. Have you ever read through the book of Proverbs? And it said that as it's being written there, it says, I observed and looked at the ant. I saw and learned the lesson of the slugger. Now, if you're not sure what that is, that's not pizza on 19th Street in East Moline, all right? You just need to know God will use all kinds of teaching techniques to touch you and to change your life. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. How about you? Amen. I want him to bring that completeness inside me. That comes as part of the key. Now, when you have the right key, it opens all kinds of doors. I'm so glad God didn't limit us. He gave us the key. Yeah, Pastor, but you just said we need to be satisfied. Now you're telling me it's unlimited. That's correct. You see the balance that's there? 
It's one of those things that you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. Don't get jealous about other people. Don't ever sit back and say, it's not fair. It's not fair. That is worldliness. That is lust. Lust? I thought lust just had a sexual connotation. When you are envious of someone else and you start thinking bad of them because you don't have what they have, that is lust. That is desire gone bad. Now keep all that in mind because you were given the Holy Spirit. Let's go over to one of the other Gospels to the book of John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, chapter 15. John 15, and Jesus is talking here again, verses 1 through 4. And remember, this was an agricultural society he was dealing with, so many of the stories he would use were to help people understand exactly where they were. And in John 15, verse 1, it says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I've spoken to you. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. So he starts speaking. He says, Jesus is the vine and God is the vine dresser. He's the gardener. He's the one that comes along. And, and any of you know that if you have any kind of fruit trees or any kind of agricultural that you are planting, even when it gets down to when you plant tomatoes, you know, have you ever been planting tomatoes and a branch goes out and something grows right in that little crook where the main stem and the branch comes? We always call those things suckers. And if you're going to look at them, you need to pull the suckers off and get rid of them so that the tomato at the other end will get the nutrients that it needs. God is all about making sure that you and I produce the most in our life. Hear me out when it said there. It, it sort of sounds scary, doesn't it, when it says that God will prune those so that they can produce even more. Sometimes the pruning hurts a little bit because sometimes we are so creatures of habit that we get so used to doing something that we think if we don't keep doing it that way forever that something is wrong. And sometimes we can put our security in the process of what we do. I've been doing this for 20 years, Pastor. I'm never going to change it. I've had those socks for 20 years. They're very comfortable. <laughs> and you put them on and the heels out of it, you know. And the threads underneath the other part of your foot are sort of wore thin. And somebody says, why don't you get some new socks? Well, these aren't wore out yet. I understand. And, and sometimes when it comes to clothing or coats or other things like that, we, we all have our favorite, don't we? And do you have a favorite scarf in the wintertime you wear? You know, you don't wear it any other time, but on real cold days, you put that around you and you get it tucked in, and, or you put it across your face when you were a kid, you know, so that when you're out in the cold, all that condensation builds up on the front of it, and on the inside, all that snot builds up, all those other things like that. But you don't get rid of it because it's your favorite. I'm not talking about just going home and throwing things out. But I am telling you that our security cannot just be in our history. Our security must be in the Lord. Because sometimes God brings new things about. 
And yet sometimes God has us keep certain things because that is part of our heritage and our foundation, and we don't ever touch it. We're going to see something here in just a few moments about how Isaac and Rebekah's lives were touched and how God did some things here supernaturally. So the issue today is to not just go home and throw everything out or some of the traditions or ideas you have to throw everything out, but let's get ready to be open to God. If God's doing something new and there's places in Scripture that says, I, the Lord God, am doing a new thing. If God's doing something new, I want to be a part of it. And sometimes doing something new is scary. Sometimes stepping out in that newness is awkward because we don't know what to do. It's sort of like watching a baby when they finally get to that place where they crawl up on the furniture and they're holding on and their knees are still wobbly, this type of thing, and they start to take that step. Isn't it funny when you watch a little one let go of the end table or the couch and they start to reach up to you like this and they go down? And right away, the parents are moving the sharp corners and things like this and doing, make sure that everything is safe for their children. They put the gate up so that they can't climb up or down and, and certain things that go on in your house. But yet that child is determined to walk. No matter how many times they lose it, they are determined to walk and to begin to run. Now, when they're first in that transition, if you go at them and you're playing a game with them and they're just very teetery when they're starting to walk, you go after them, what are they going to do? Hit all four. They go back to crawling and they have super turtle power at that moment. They can go faster on all fours than you could on just two legs. But aren't you glad you don't still crawl on all fours? And those of you that do come up for prayer at the end of the service. Aren't you glad that you keep progressing? God is that kind of a God. He takes us forward. He takes us into his plans and purposes he has for us. Drop down to verse 5 with me here. Verse 5 and 6 says, Jesus is still talking. He says, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you cannot do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch, and it withered, is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Wow, pretty harsh here. But look at this. Without Jesus, you can't do anything. Now, sometimes people say, well, you know, but I can still do things. I've got certain, certain natural gifts and certain natural abilities that are part of me here. I don't always pray about everything. I don't need the Lord to do. Let me tell you something. You need God. You need to seek him every day and start your day with him and ask for his direction. Because there are people that fall away spiritually, but they keep going on. And folks think, well, you know, guys, maybe they don't need that much of God. Maybe they don't need to be in church all the time. Maybe they don't need to read their Bible. Maybe they don't need to read to pray. You know, maybe they're just one of those super strong people. There's stuff you can do in the natural, but it's not necessarily God's plan. And then when it starts falling apart, we hurry and run to God and say, Lord, help this stuff. And he says, I didn't do any of that. I can't bless something I didn't give to you. It's a challenge. Because sometimes we start to sort of make our own Ichabods out there. And if you don't repent and come to God, we can get way down the road and God's sitting up here waiting for us. How does it balance out? What goes on? If you don't abide in me, there's not this blessing that rests on you. Now, that, that doesn't mean all you ever do is walk around all day and say Christian sayings. 
Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God bless you. Oh, you fell and skinned your knee. Hallelujah. Oh, you got a fish hook in your bottom. You, you didn't cast very well. Hallelujah. That's not it at all. Don't talk religious talk to be religious. Now, that doesn't mean you have to walk around saying holy cow all the time. Golly gee whiz, anything else like that. That doesn't mean you have to do that. If you want to say praise the Lord because it's a part of you, say praise the Lord and mean it. But don't just try to be religious. Sometimes people come to church, and if they're not careful, they get church talk. Well, hallelujah, good to see you, brother. And they would never say that anyplace else. Talk from your heart, but learn also how to express yourself as a believer. See, sometimes we just need to learn how to do things as believers. We just need to learn how to follow the word. And in doing that, God will give you a new way to talk, a new way to think, all those things that God has in place. See, when it says here in this last part of verse 6, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. Why? Because they're useless. Uh, I don't want to be useless to God. I never want Faith Walk World Outreach Center to be useless to God because we won't follow him. We won't chase after him. Well, we've never done it that way before, so I'm never going to do it. Be open to God. Celebrate your foundation. Celebrate the tradition and heritages that we have, but also be open to anything that God has. Look at verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Hallelujah. God loves it when miracle signs and wonders. God loves it when prayers are answered. God loves it when we see his hand involved in our lives. God loves it to bless his children. Well, but Pastor, I've been in big need. I've been trusting God. I'm doing everything I can do. I want you to know that's why God gave you the armor that is listed over in the book of Ephesians because sometimes we get down to that verse that says, when you've done all to stand, stand. Hallelujah. Remember how we talked about loving parents for their children? If your child was in the hospital and the doctor said, we're at a critical moment, you're not going to look at the doctor and say, I, I think I'm going to go get a donut. Are you kidding? The intensity is there. You're going to want to stay with your child. You're going to want to find ways that you can pray and believe and be there for that child. You're not going to look at him and say, well, you know, how long is this going to take? You're determined to walk through that with your child. Be determined to walk through life with the Lord. God's not going to look at you and say, I don't have time for this today. God's not going to say, it's my coffee break. Why are we praying? Now, for you coffee lovers, I probably just insulted you right there at that moment. But aren't you glad God doesn't have to take a break? God is always on the move, and God is always looking for his people. He said, if you abide in me. See, that tells me it's a choice thing here, too. You and I have to choose to abide in the Lord. How do we do that? See, we've got to figure out where our priorities are. We have to figure out where our desires are. How, how do we make that all happen? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Here's a key. Here's something for us to understand. How much word do you have in you? 
if you've never done this, I just want to encourage you even just to take one scripture a week and read it every day for seven days. Let it get down on the inside of you. Because when it's there, you will never lose it. The word is a seed that is planted. You know, Wednesday night we spent a great deal of time talking about the order and plans that God has and how healing works and these different challenges that happen. And I brought up just the point how in the Garden of Eden, sometimes today people argue about women and men's positions. First of all, they were both created to have dominion over the fish of the sea, the fowl of the air, and over everything that creeps upon the face of the earth. God had a plan and a purpose. God doesn't look at women as second class. Part of that attitude came because of people being in sin and not being people of the word. So why is there an order? Why is so many times we read scripture and there's a masculine phrase that comes about that he uses in the writing of it about men or mankind? Why is that there? Because the man has the seed. The woman, when in a physical relationship, has the egg that will be fertilized by the seed that will bring forth a child. Jesus, if you remember in John, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. See, the Word is a seed. God didn't sit back and say, who should I make first, the man or the woman? And we all laugh at the comedy skits. God made the man, and he said, I can do better, and he made the woman. Why is it that women are more sensitive to things spiritually than men are at times? Sometimes, well, you know, God made a mistake. Or sometimes people say, you know, I talked to God and she said. Don't get caught up in the world's way of trying to equal things out. See, the world can't ever get it figured out right. The reason that God created Adam first was because you have to have the seed in order to bring forth anything. Some people say, well, you know, but God created everything on the earth. There was no seed there at the beginning. He just made all the trees and everything else that was there. There was no planting of all the gardens. Oh, yes, there was. In the very beginning, when God said, let there be, he planted the word, Jesus, the word, the seed was planted, and everything came about. So guys, celebrate your goodness and the gift that God gave to you. But ladies, celebrate the goodness and what God gave to you. And I know it may make a funny movie out there to see a man be pregnant, but that was never God's plan. Because most men could never handle what you ladies go through. Nah, I just tell you. Again, I'm sorry if I insulted anybody with that, but you just need to know there's a reason that each of us have been called to do what we're supposed to do. Celebrate that gift. Never be envious, but don't ever put anybody down either and say, well, you know, God chose me over you because, you know, you're not superior. <laughs> that person needs a good slapping right there at that moment. There's scriptures, there's keys in every bit of it. The word in you. I want to encourage you to get the word inside of you. You're not in competition with anybody else, but you are being called by God to move forward. Then he uses a really cool word here. He says the word desire. Now you can look up in Webster's Dictionary and other places and you will see some very uh, easy to understand definitions. But I found one the other day that I like so much. And it says this, the definition for desire a deep plan, a deep thought, a deep emotion or want. Hear this again. A deep plan, a deep thought, a deep emotion or want. 
a desire. Now, remember earlier we used the word desire and we talked about lust being in there? Let's put it in a biblical sense and see what God has. Because the desires of your heart, and remember your heart refers to your spirit. When you are born again and you're filled with the spirit of God, you have a way of tapping into God's will for your life because your spirit is connected with his spirit. We're not just free agents here floating around deciding whatever we want to do. We are connected to a God plan. And with a God plan comes divine intervention and direction for every single one of us and how God wants to make those things happen. So he says, when all this happens to you, God gets the glory because you're acting in faith, you're led by the Holy Spirit, and then what's he say? You are my disciple. What a great position. You ever read your Bible and sat there and thought, oh, Lord, I wish I would have lived at that moment? I wish I could have been one of your disciples, walking with you, experience things for the first time. Let me tell you something. You are a disciple right now. You are living in a culture that is turning anti-God. You're living in a society that's trying to push God out. And you need to know you are doing the same things that the disciples in the first church ever did right now because the world wants to limit God and deny his existence. And it's time for us as believers to walk by faith and not by sight. It's time for us to show that there is an example and a high calling that God has, not a magic genie that someone can have. People today in the natural believe in all kinds of supernatural things. People today love going to sci-fi movies. People today want to be able to think about space travel. People today want to be able to look at all these things and say, oh, yeah, you know, they'll just put the laser out there. They'll think of Spider-Man looking at people, pew, 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 making things happen. Have you ever wanted to do that? I don't Look at the remotes across the room. Wouldn't it be cool if we could just go First of all, parents, that's why you have children. Send them across the room. Tell them to go get it and bring it back. I know that's unfair to the kids, isn't it? Man alive, we didn't have remotes when we were growing up. We had to get up off of the seat, turn the channel, and then there was only three. And then if you had a crazy rabbit ear that had aluminum foil on it, you could get some channel from Iowa that had public TV. Wow, we're fancy. See that aluminum foil? If you bend it just right, and then you stand there like this, you can pull the signal in. Look, there's Mr. Rogers. You put your arm down. He's gone. Put it back up. Just because something gets modernized doesn't mean it's always the best. Some of you have satellite TV, you've got 500 channels, and you watch three. I don't want to learn how to have Ginsu knives that clip toenails. I don't want any of those things. Let's go back to the word here. Go with me to the Old Testament, the book of Genesis, chapter 26. And if you have those Ginsu knives, God bless you. Genesis, chapter 26, and look with me at verse 1. What a foundation God gives to us. And in Genesis chapter 26, starting at verse 1 through 6, the Bible says, There was a famine in the land besides the first famine that was in the days of Abraham. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. Or, uh, uh, Gerar. And Gerar today is what we would call modern Gaza. 
So when you hear about the Gaza Strip, when you hear how that Israel gave up that land to the Palestinians to try to bring about peace, you need to know that it was their land originally. It's still their land, even though there's Palestinian uh, people living there right now. One day that will all be restored because God has a plan. Verse 2. Then the Lord appeared to him and said, Do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land of which I shall tell you. Dwell in this land, and I will be with you and bless you. For to you and your descendants I give all these lands, which will perform the oath which I swore to Abraham your father. Verse 4. And I will make your descendants multiply as the stars of heaven, and I will give to your descendants all these lands. And in your seed, singular seed, no S, He's getting a prophetic word here about Jesus, not just natural Jews. Your seed, all the nations of the earth, shall be blessed, because Abraham obeyed my voice and kept my charge, my commandments, my statutes, and my law. So Isaac dwelt in Gerar. Let's stop there for a moment. There was a famine in the land. Do you remember there's other points in Scripture where God says, leave and go over here? Remember when Jesus was born? God spoke in order to protect the life of the baby Jesus. He spoke with an angel to Joseph, and he said, take the child and go to Egypt. There are going to be times that God speaks to you in your life that you need to pick up stakes spiritually or even sometimes physically and make a move. Then there's going to be other times God says, stay right there. Stay right there, and I'm going to get you through this thing. A lot of times, picking up stakes has a great deal to do with our emotions. Remember what I said earlier about sometimes we hold on to the traditions of the things over here so much that we can't get used to what God's doing? There's a moment in each of our lives that we have to determine, am I going to follow after God? So why is this so important? There was a famine in the land. Today there is a famine in the land for morality. There's a famine in the land for doing the right things. There's a famine in the land when it comes to good-paying jobs. We don't produce anything. We don't make anything anymore. We've got policies in place where we reward people who pick up their companies and move to foreign countries. Companies have to move to foreign countries to compete with the other companies that have already left. And here's this weird cycle out there that all of us as Americans are left here saying, you cannot support a family by working in a fast food restaurant. Those jobs were never meant for that. They were meant for high school students, college students, and old people that were retired to have something to bring a little income in. They were never meant for you to look back. Oh, please, you know, I worked there when I was a kid. Those jobs were not designed to support families. And today we're saying, it's not fair. You need to go ahead and pay people a minimum of $15. Okay, so we raise that up to that. So what do the, all the hamburger places go? Well, we've got to have more money coming in to make a profit for us. So now a hamburger costs you $100. <laughs> Burger King says, have it your way if you can afford it. <laughs> don't go out of here thinking I'm saying people don't deserve a good paying job. They do. But see, we've got everything backwards. We've got everything backwards. The union is considered a bad guy to some people. We've got all these different crazy things going on of people trying to grab and trying to make their way on top of each other. And God's way of doing things is not having you step on top of somebody. 
God's way is to bless everyone. Remember everything we read here earlier? God has to be the source. So in a land filled with famine, God told Isaac to stay and not go down to Egypt. If he would stay, God would bless him and his descendants. He would give him the land that was promised to him, and he would perform the promises that God made to Abraham. If you found scripture and promises, which I know you have because you read your Bible, if you have a heritage that ties back all the way to Adam and Eve, then let's celebrate that tradition, let's celebrate that heritage, and let's say to God, I'm standing on your promises. You told me that we would possess the land and see the glory of God. Today we've got people out there, we don't want to have God. God's one of those things that everybody's divisive about. It doesn't matter what you worship. It doesn't matter what you call God. Listen, it matters if you're worshiping the true God or not. It matters whose nation is dedicated to the King of kings and Lord of lords. Or will we become a pagan nation? See, there's crazy things that are going on. And you might think, I'm powerless. I'm just one little voice out here. Pastor, when I look at who's running in the election, I don't even know if I want to vote. I don't want to do this. You and I need to hear from God. Who will God use? Well, I heard one guy say it like this. We're still in a time of judgment. Our nation's being judged for all the sins that we've done. And that's why this person's probably going to come in. That's why that person will come in. This one's a liar. This one's a cheat. This one has no compassion. This one has no, uh, you know, real hair or whatever it is. I don't know. I saw him grab that comb over the other day and hold it. I thought, well, that's either really good super glue or that is just, you know, his hair. I don't know. When guys get older, I just say, you know, man... Cut it short so it looks good. Don't take the hair right over your ear and try to comb it over here. <laughs> and then use hairspray. Because a good windy day, you're going to look like a ship sailing down the ocean. Whoa, there it is. There's a fin. There's a shark. How do we find the God plan? Remember? You have the Holy Spirit. God gave you the very best. You got salvation. Now you got the Holy Spirit who leads and guides and directs you. And he does all of this. And he says to our forefathers, our foremothers, he says, stay in the land. All kinds of stars have said, if this person gets in, I'm leaving the country. I say, good. Canada don't want you either. Mexico doesn't want you. What, you're going to go to Alcatraz? All right, you go ahead and go. I know, I'm being silly with that kind of thing. But the solution is here, this is our country. Let's not give it away. This is our community. Those are our schools. Let's not give them away. This is our city government. This is our county. Let's not give them away. Let's take what God has given to us and listen to the word and make it through this time of famine. Because unless the Lord is coming in the next couple hours, we need Jesus tomorrow. We need him the next day. Now, if the Lord wants to come, hallelujah, we're ready to go. But don't always pick everything up so quick and run. See, sometimes when something bad comes up, we all get nervous and we just pick up everything and run. Or we shut down. There's too much out there, I I'm just giving up. Don't do either. Be the man, be the woman that God has called you to be. See, there's a God plan. Isaac had a plan. You remember that. My goodness, he comes along and he says to everybody that's there in the land, he says, uh, this, this is just my sister. This is Rebecca. She's my sister. 
And so then later on, as the king is going by and he looks and he sees Isaac being frisky with his sister. Of course, it isn't his sister, but it's his wife. And yet, here was something that somebody could say, well, there was a little bit of truth there. He stretched it. Okay, let's look at the genealogy just for a moment here. Isaac's father was Abraham. Abraham's brother was Nahor. Nahor was Rebekah's grandfather. Remember what happened is, as Abraham looks and says, you know what, we need to find a wife for you. So instead of taking somebody from a heathen group of people that don't know God, let's go to our family and find someone for you as a wife. Now, I know that can maybe sound a little creepy to people today. But when it gets down to it, we start to find out that Isaac was first cousins to Rebekah's father. They were cousins. And so when you get down to it, Rebekah was Isaac's second cousin. Hmm. Later on, we find out that Rebekah goes ahead and has twins. In the natural, Esau was the firstborn, and yet it says when the child, children came out of the womb that Esau came first, but Jacob was holding on to his heel. And later on, what do we do? We hear and we celebrate that in our heritage, we say we serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Wait a minute. There was a natural order. Esau should have been the one. And yet God's anointing was upon Jacob. Not everything in the natural order of things always makes sense. And because of time-wise, I don't want to get past this here and miss out the truth of what we're wanting to see. We'll come back to this next Sunday. But there was an order that God has. And sometimes God can use one person better than another. But that doesn't mean you can't be used also. There's different gifts in every one of you. There's different talents and abilities are there. Thank the Lord for every one of us being uniquely made. We would get tired if the world was just cookie cutters. My goodness. Let's see. We'll, we'll pick out spouses for people, okay? We'll, we'll, we're going to pick on your family just because you're sitting here for just a moment, all right? All right, Adam. Your cousins are here from Japan visiting you. Toyota. They're visiting you right now. Now, I know you and Lizzie are first cousins, but we've decided she's going to be your wife. Okay, and John, you're sitting up in the sound room here. Gloria's down here, your beautiful wife. How long have you guys been married? Maybe I should have. How many years have you been married? Eight years? Oh, okay. All right. So we've decided, because you guys, a lot of times you're up in the sound room like that, or you're in working with children's ministry, it doesn't really matter who you're married to, so we're going to switch things up, and you're going to get married to your sister's husband. <laughs> Don't you love your brother-in-law? I do funerals. <laughs> God has a unique plan. He has unique people for you. Get the God plan. I'm not saying Andy's not the God plan. He's the God plan for Miss Becky. He's the God plan for Lauren. There's all kinds of plans that God has for every one of us. 
God had a plan for his people, and he's got a plan for us today. Don't give up on America today. Don't give up on your community. Don't give up on your family. Don't give up on the plans of God. Don't give up on the promises of God. It's time to put your feet down and say, I will trust the Lord. Do the word of God. See the restoration. Reclaim the promises of God that he's given to us. And today, well, he may say to you, it's time to make a move in your life. It's time to make a change. You never read your Bible? Start reading it now. You don't get up and pray? Get up and pray. You don't sit down and honor God at the table when you eat your food? It's time to start blessing your food. He may say to you, it's time to make some changes. Well, you know what? Isn't that really what Christianity is all about, conversion and change? I don't want to be the same man that I was yesterday. I want to be the man of God today. I want to know what he has for me. And that means if I need to change, if I need to rub some edges off, I'm going to rub those edges off. I want to live and glorify the Lord. If that's in your heart today, then together let's press forward. Let's see the promises come alive. And let's make this world the place that Jesus Christ is Lord. Can I get an amen? Let's stand up together. Worship team, if you'll come. We're going to pick up here in Genesis next Sunday morning. They were blessed in a land of famine. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Don't give up just because it's never happened before. You might be the catalyst. You might be the one that God is going to use to bring about spiritual renewal and revival and power. Let's get the God plan. Will you join me in prayer, everybody? Feel free just to bow your heads, close your eyes. That helps us block everything else out around us here. And take a look at your heart. Are you full of the word or do you just have a deposit? You can make that deposit grow, but you've got to open up. It takes work and effort to see the desires come about in your life. Holy Spirit, help every one of us to take a, a moment of evaluation. You're not here beating us over the head. You're here loving us as a dad. You're saying, come on, you can do this thing. If you need to repent, repent and say to the Lord, I'm sorry. It's time to get back up on the saddle again. It's time to get on with the things of God. If you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior, this morning you can do that before you leave here. It's pretty simple. I'm going to say a prayer in a moment. If you really want Christ to come into your life, not just know him in your head, but have him in your heart, you can do that here today. But for every believer as we do this, make sure it's well with your soul. Make sure you have the God plan. Now, if you need Christ, you repeat this prayer after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sin. Come into my life. Be my Lord, my Savior, and my King. I give you my life, and I receive your forgiveness. If that's your prayer, you've just become a child of God. Now let him fill you with the Holy Spirit. Be filled with the power of God. Be filled with the anointing of the Lord. And the impossibilities will become possible as you walk by faith and not by sight. I'm going to open up the altar. If you need healing in your body, if you've just accepted Christ, whatever the need is, come on down, let us pray together. 
If you don't sense the Holy Spirit drawing you down here, then just stay where you are. Sing with the worship team, but honor God today. Honor him that he is the great satisfier, that he is the great one to bring contentment in your life, and yet he challenges you to keep moving forward. Let's get this God plan as we worship him today. Worship team. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.